0: what's up everybody welcome to comic
2: book club i'm alex i'm justin
0: i'm Pete, and we're coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet we are live on youtube we're live on crowdcast maybe you're listening to us the later Tube. wherever you listen to your podcast that is all good but we have a lot of stuff to talk about folks um there's a lot we need to do in this episode but first as we always do we're gonna check in with the Apple Fitness app and see how Pete's Wait, doing. Wait, what? No, no, no. Yes. Let's do
3: the. We Pete. gotta read the names they hold. This is go. a recurring segment. Come on, so ladies. Pete, uh, Pete, and let's I, let's I are now just...
0: friends. We're now friends on Apple Fitness, which is something been, that Pete I regrets. knew was a trap. As soon as you,
3: I was like, oh, I got a notification here. Alex wants to be my friend. I was like, this is a horrible.
2: <laughs> but you said it's yes, actually so been
0: pretty funny. delightful. I've never in my entire life wondered how much Pete is moving, but now every day I'm checking in almost constantly. The on. <laughs> Zelvin, Zelvin's cheating, I'm, not, I'm yep. not
3: surprised by it. Zelvin cheats uh, I cheat what are you talking about all right the, by the walking monthly, a lot <laughs> no the monthly thing is to close out the outer circle so it looks like Zelvin doesn't move anything else.
2: But the outer circles closed. Oh, if day. okay.
0: So I don't have an. This is too much information for this. Yeah, yeah you start. let me show. just set
2: it up. Sorry, we're shooting grumpiest old men. And <laughs> yeah, just started the opening cold open, can we movie.
0: read the names, please? Uh, yes. Uh, okay. So first of all, exercise sixteen out of oh, thirty minutes. Stand ten out of twelve hours. And nice. move. I won't mention your calorie goal, but you're not quite there yet. All I'm saying is, like, <laughs> maybe take take a couple of laughs during the show, Pete. That's all. I I'm do.
2: reading comics. <laughs> all right, it takes up a lot of time. Not a big burner reading comics. Yeah, right? just no, before
0: we speaking. wrap this up here, I just want to ask Pete because I literally have had the temptation every day since you allowed me to friend you on this fitness app. How would you feel if I started texting you and be like, "Hey, Pete, it's time to get up and move." <laughs> <laughs>
2: This, this crazy, there's a man. lot of things that could have been the death of us, but it's crazy. It's a fitness app.
4: <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah,
0: hold it. on. Let, Let me go. set this part up as we always do towards the beginning of the month. Though It's a little late this time. We read off. Thank yous. For people who are supporting us at patreon.com slash comic book club at the $5 and up level. But thank you to everybody who supports us at any level because it really does help keep the show going. Oh, but we're going to read off their names now as a thank you. Kicking it off with Aaron C. Hollis.
2: Adam DeRose. Adam Horowitz. Adam Marks. Adrian Moreland. Elena Fontenot. Amanda Harris. Andrew. Andrew Primo. Andrew Tillman. Beercat PhD. Benjamin
0: Brown, Carly W, Carrie Matthews,
2: Chelsea Mack, Chris Leatherman, Christina O'Meara whoops, we gotta stop him from saying that one, Christina Rensfield, Chris Terlizzi, <laughs> Clemens Luere. Gorby Dorby Doodle, uh, Curtis Locke, Demand Ryan, Dan Snow, Daniel Cabral, Daniel Fuentes, Danny Heck, Debbie Gloom, Dennis Scott. Derek Mainhart. Dylan L.J. Eduardo Martinez. Emmett Quish. Aaron
0: Durian. Jeffrey Risher. Gerard DeVilliers. Isaac Carter. Jake Fry. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jason Donahue. Jeffrey Whaley. John George. Jonathan Jong,
2: Jonathan McCool. Joshua W. Broxon. Julian Lobato. K.C. Newhaven. Kevin Grimes, Kevin Clyde Rock, Kieran Broderick, Cody Thomas, Kyle, Lewana Thomas, Luke Asink, Mark Zeller, Matt Tice, Matthew C.
0: Hernandez, Megan Thigpen, Michael Tillman, Nelson Kelso
2: Martinez, Nick, Nick Ra- oops, sorry. oh, that's you, Off-White Savior, Nick Officials.
3: To say.
0: <laughs> official CBC chef, Brett Macris, Stray Bullies, Omna Soul Art. Lauren Dix. Otis Larson. Pedro A. Rangel. Pete's Pretty
2: Kitty. Oh, boy. Primetime Polly G. Provocative Ambulance. My Favorite Kind. Rev Mikey. Robert Petinato, Sarah Schottmuller. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Stanley. Tamela Rush. Taylor Bryan. Terrible Jason. The Big Flood. The Twelve Banch. Thomas Glenn. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. William Leach. Zachary Backman.
0: And Zika's Viral Comics. Thank you, everybody, for supporting us. We appreciate it. If you'd like to support it, you can do it for as low as $2 a month. And not only do you get yeah. access to our Patreon Slack where we're talking about, let's be honest,
2: mostly food, but occasionally some comics. I mean, truly everything. I get a lot of my news from Angela Lansbury (laughs) died, straight got the news from the Slack. There you go. Probably from Pete's upcoming trivia. (laughs) In a couple
0: of months, probably. We'll see what happens. Uh, But yeah, also you get access to our back catalog of podcasts for well over a decade at this point. I think it's 11 years of podcasts, so I think it's a lot of value for the money.
2: Just turn on a podcast from the early days, and you can sleep for an entire week, and it'll play constantly.
0: <laughs> All right, we are going to bring in our guest here. He is the creator of Faceless in the Family, which is currently up on Zoop, Matt Lesniewski. It is doing extremely well there. Matt, yeah. welcome to the show.
2: Hey, hey. And hey.
0: congratulations. You Did you just launch today? Is that correct? Or...
2: 11 a.m.
1: Okay, wow, so you launched wow. at
0: 11 a.m. We were taping this at 7.07 p.m. And of, I'm just checking it here right now, of the $12,000, this is your goal, you're hoping to get $12,000, you've only gotten $15,669. Congratulations. It, that's
2: insane. Now, just off the jump, what is that like for your day? Starting at 11, maybe a, a stressor, maybe an 11 a.m. stress hit. How is it? How did it go forward from there?
4: I had some tears a little while back. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> That's so Definitely had some tears. Uh yeah, I, I'm in shock. I, I thought maybe uh, you know, I'd just make it by at the very end of the 30 days. Or maybe, you know, a little more than that, but I'm in shock. <laughs>
3: yeah. I'm, well, the comic is uh, absolutely gorgeous and and really well done. I was super impressed with it, so congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, let's
0: talk about this a little bit. I'm going to uh, let me let me bring up the Zoop page first, just so people can look at that and sort of have an idea here. Um, this is a gorgeous book with some absolutely yep, gorgeous heart, like a lot of the stuff on Zoop, I think, which is we've talked to other folks on there before. And it's this really well curated platform. Um, but what can you say about the plot of it? Because it is this wild, almost dreamlike journey the way that I read through it. How, how do you pitch it to people?
4: Uh, well, yeah, it is. It, it's pretty strange, I guess. It's, it's, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really, you know, pick a, a genre and follow that guideline. It's, I just sort of got these ideas and started putting this thing together. And then it grew ideas stacked on top of other ideas and it morphed into what it is. But so Essentially, it's uh, a small group of misfits all on the outskirts of regular society or, you know, in their own unique scenarios. They're all, uh, you know, misfits in some way. And over the course of this one journey, they form a a family-like bond. And that's essentially all it is. Um, it, It goes... A little bit more in depth, but that's, you know, overall, that's kind of what it is. And after, I'm not done with drawing the book, but after a certain point, I kind of looked back and thought, oh, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, but its own weird spin, uh, because each character is, um, I mean, it's mainly centered around Faceless, the main character, and he's looking for a new face That that's a... Whole thing, and then uh, the other characters they're each looking for their own one specific thing as well, but they're all going on the journey with him. Um, so that's kind of what you could think of it as. Um, well, yeah, you Jim about there. The- oh, go uh, ahead, Pete. Please. Yeah, Jim
3: there is looking for a journey, he's looking for memories. So it's kind of a it is reminds me a little bit of Wizard of Oz where everybody has their. Thing they're kind of out there doing, and they kind of team up. So uh, it's a not only super creative, but a uh, it's a, it's a really kind of tripped out, dreamy uh, to, uh, feel to it.
4: Yeah. Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, could you talk a little bit about the design of the main character for people who are listening to the audio podcast version, or who haven't checked it out? He has a body of a normal human, and then his helmet is very tall. It's almost like he jabbed a telescope uh, lens down on top of his head. What was the inspiration
4: there? So, with with faceless, who, who's the main character? Uh, his backstory. Um, I don't. I don't ever say the exact ages in the book, but I guess when he was let's say eighteen, he joined this. Uh, underground gang which you can actually see pictured there um it's the carpal tunnel gang because they're living on the hand planet and it (laughs) basically they emerge from you know underground and they do what they do um but because he didn't know how to be himself he became something else Mm -hmm. but he quickly realized oh no i'm in a gang this isn't good either so (laughs) he, uh, he left the gang and he was living, you can actually see him, on the other page there, um, he was living in the mouth of a fallen statue for a decade, amongst a cluster of pipes, like the just the plumbing of the of the world. He, he's He was hiding there and he only left to get food and then run back. So, after about a decade, he finally decided, I'm done with this, I'm leaving, if they catch me, I'll use the same training they taught me to go down with a fight, but I need some sort of a disguise. At first he was just going to have like a basic mask. But mm-hmm. since I had him down there with the pipes, I thought, Oh, what if he just used one of the pipes as his helmet slash mask. And he's using a pipe as his weapon. He's just, he's using what he has. I mean, he's got no money. Clearly he's, spent a decade just surviving. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of spawned from that. And then I I started uh, sketching different uh, pipes, different ways that he'd make a pipe uh, a mask. Like one had a little metal thing that you'd pull down and it would just be a shadow and maybe you'd see his eyes and you yeah. could play with that in different ways. But then eventually I got, it popped in my head, oh, pipes can also have, uh, you know, like that rubber tubing A lot of it's an excuse for me to just have fun and just play with what this character can look like. Just get plumbing,
2: sort of in general. Something that Uh, stresses me out. Uh, Well, let me ask you, because um, you uh, are the the creative force behind this, it sounds like maybe you get excited about an idea and then you get get excited about the visual. Are you jumping Mm -hmm. back and forth between the sort of two disciplines there or is it all just sort of coming out?
4: Well, at first, it's it's all um, it's all in my head, and it's all imagination-based. Like, I'm before I do anything, um, I usually spend a lot of time pacing around, and I'm visualizing—not even necessarily a story. I'm just kind of seeing the world. I'm seeing the characters. Oh, now I want this guy to do this. I want this to happen. Oh, all right, this person is this kind of character, and then it just starts developing. And after a while of doing that, I once I'm, I'm seeing a lot of it, I'll blast it all down uh, with text, but it's all, it's all a big mess. And then I have to organize that. And then somewhere in that process, I start sketching. So I'm, doing, I'm going back and forth between get down those ideas, get down the visuals, and then start honing that And then I start doing a script for myself, and then then we move into drawing the actual comic. So it's kind of – it's a chaotic thing, but it's – I try to keep it fun. Like I try to keep that in my mind. Like this is – I'm doing this because I want to be doing it.
2: What I was gonna say is, it feels like yeah, you can sort of refresh yourself as you jump to the next step, while also sort of editing yourself because you're like, right. oh, I want this visual is definitely the lead, but let me back it up with some story. Oh, you know what? I'm not mm-hmm. gonna do that that certain thing, or like uh, he's not gonna be on the foot plan; he's gonna be on the hand planet, so I leave yeah. the foot stuff out, or, or whatever it is, you know. And I, I love that because you get to you're sort of doing uh, the fun part and the responsible part at the same time the hardest yeah. thing in any creative endeavor. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, we have a bunch of different comments here over on Crowdcast. People are wondering about different influences. I'm going to read out a couple of them to you. You let me know if any are accurate or on the right track at all. Edward Doherty says is the Yellow Submarine movie an influence? Derek Mainhart says definitely some indie artists feel like if Charles Burns drew Flaming Carrot. Josh East says some Mobius vibes. Derek adds some David Rubin too. I definitely felt a bunch of r crub in there. That's sort of what I was yeah. getting from it. But
4: Ooh, he's reaching back oh. behind him into they're his they're flaming. personal
0: stack. Right behind him. There you go. I actually up. met
4: this guy last year at a Dragon Con uh don't tell him but i've yet to read this oh (laughs) man (laughs) it look cool so yeah
0: well what are Um, your major influences
4: then uh i love david rubin um his work's awesome we actually worked on not together really but uh a couple months ago there was a mind management uh spin-off and each issue was it drawn by a different artist i did issue two and i believe he did issue three Uh, so a little fun fact there um
2: uh, we had we had matt on on the show and he raved about you guys he talked up all of the artists he brought into that book oh nice yeah he it was so like he definitely shouted you guys up um here so that's always the the nicest guys
4: i've met like ever (laughs)
0: I mean, what was, uh, again, like Justin mentioned, we talked to Matt about this a little bit, but from the other end of this perspective, what was it like coming into a series like Mind Management, getting into that world, and then coming up with something that is part of this connected story over, I think it was four issues over the course of the series, but you still, it's very clearly coming out of each individual artist as well, Matt is playing off of that. So what was it like playing in that world, I guess?
4: Well, luckily, I didn't have to start things off, so that was a huge advantage. The, the first issue is uh, Farrell Dalrymple, yeah. and uh, with, who he's incredible. He he really set the bar. <laughs> and going into it, I no one told me to do this, but I I it was only twenty pages, but I spent two months. Just I'm like I cannot be the weak link here. He, each issue is going to be a different artist. i need to do everything I can to shine and at least not be thought of as, you know, uh, who's this guy? You know, especially because I'm newer and not a ton of people know who I am. So I'm like, I, so essentially I, I looked at what he did on issue one. So I didn't have to come up with the characters. I didn't have to, plus Matt's scripts, they they leave you a lot of room to just kind of do your thing and it, it's not this overbearing, you know. No, it's got to be like this. You got to have this detail. You got to. It's pretty, you know. He, he he understands because he's an artist too. So it's you know it's easy to work with, and mm-hmm. so yeah, that that was kind of the the mentality.
2: So you're saying you might have done some pacing on that issue as well. Some pacing. Yeah. You're walking around you're saying you when
4: you're working oh yeah <laughs> actually no i just uh, actually on, on the first page i remember because it's set in india on the first page and they're actually going across the world to all these different countries and that kind of stressed me out big time and i remember actually sending an email saying i'm feeling a little frustrated here because this is really not my strength you know drawing exact places and it's, I did my best, but then they just told me like, don't don't sweat it, like you you got this. Just you know, look at some reference, and you'll be good. And I I just kind of, I guess it's a, it's a mix of referenced places and what I would normally do, I guess. So it's, I don't know. But in the beginning, the the pressure was definitely. Why, just
0: because yeah. it was a book ended by Farrell Dalrymple and Coll- Colleen Duran that's no big deal right yeah, <laughs> yeah that didn't that didn't help <laughs> well uh, I will say because we reviewed every issue of it you crushed it yeah. it looked it amazing great. so oh, congratulations you. on it it was an awesome another
2: movie. another comic we talked about was crimson flower um that oh yeah you one, right like that great book as well
4: yeah that was Kind of the same thing. I, I that was the first like big, you know, comic book thing. I'm working with a, a, a known writer and I'm with Dark Horse comics. It's gonna be this big thing. And I'm like, all right, I have to do page a day. I need to prove that I'm worthy of even being here. And it was right when the pandemic was starting. So I didn't need to do that because comics were coming yeah. <laughs> to an end.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I
4: still I still did that. And no one, again, no one told me to do that. But I maybe could have made those pages better if I didn't, you know.
0: They, well, I mean, naturally, you're being very hard. Not to yeah. you're being very hard on yourself. They look gorgeous. They're so good.
2: I, that's what we talked about. In the book was like, because the, the story is, you know, it's sort of a riff, and we were like, oh, the story riff, but the art really, like, sort of pushes it into that next realm, and so we like. Don't be so hard on yourself. It was cr- you're crushing. It.
3: Justin, I think I remember you saying like, "Oh man, the person who drew this must be so stress free because the lines were flowing exactly, and it just, it's just so it loose, so person, natural, no, loose. no
2: worries in the world." I remember uh,
0: saying during our review that whoever drew this probably has a really uh, nice closet packed with comic books right behind <laughs> his head. <laughs> and it I'll was tell was you what, Alex,
2: that was very prescient of you. I don't know yeah. how you nailed that. Really I great review. I don't
4: know. You're a mind reader.
0: Yeah, there you go. Uh, so yeah. this is going to be up for the next 30 days, Faceless and the Family. For those who weren't watching live, what are some of the bonus things that they can get from Zoop if they pledge the book? What What are you particularly excited about that people can see? Um,
4: well, the big thing is uh, there's a, actually a free reward, and it, it um, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but it's basically going to link to another live YouTube show with my art rep, Inky Knuckles, and it's mm. gonna be like a, a live auction art thing where I'm gonna be showing off the original pages, and people can buy a page through that.
2: Oh, wow.
3: So cool. it's
4: that's kind really of a unique, awesome. different way of doing it. Um, I've
2: never heard of that, but that's so
4: smart. You can get to, as yeah, good as a yeah. webcam can do, you know, really show, <laughs> here's this page. Here's this page, and then people can comment and interact. And so, yeah, if if, if you're interested in the actual art, um, that's going to be. And it's like I said, it's a free tier, but it's only for the first week hmm. um, that you can get that. But you can just add it to your order. It that's how it works. It's just like add to cart.
2: Yeah, get in there. Um,
4: and then, aside from that, we've got um 3D printed figures. Uh wow. so that's pretty cool.
2: That's um, I feel like that's something that I would want as like that I feel like you would want as the creator. You're like well, I want oh, yeah,
4: hundred percent. Yeah. I actually am gonna be honest, I stole that from Nick Petara. He had a, a Zoop campaign and uh for his axe wielder John. And I, yeah. I saw that and I'm like, I need that. I have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> growing up, I was obsessed with uh, action figures. I had tons of them, and I just... Speaking of imagination and thinking up weird scenarios, I'd be doing that in my room with the door closed, and I'd have these little guys, and they'd be going on adventures and fighting and doing these different things, and I'm still doing that. You
2: got a a Marvel maze maze pipe over Spider-Man's head, and you're like, this guy this is something here <laughs> exactly uh, what, were you, what was your action figure poison if i may ask because um i feel like different phases of people have different uh... i had
4: i had every batman not everyone oh. but they were all different batmans like there was a water one there was a oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, now i'm having a brain fart but there were, there were like 20 different ones when after the uh the animated series came out. Oh, yeah, it, it was yeah. all the oh, same model. You know, it yeah. was like the boost Tim the
2: accessories.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they just had different version of it of him. I remember there was the water one though. Like he, I, I don't know what that was about. But and then Dragon Ball Z as well. I had oh nice. Every Christmas I needed you know a new Dragon Ball Z guy. Like nice. this year I need Piccolo. This year I need yeah, Piccolo. Yo. <laughs> <So, laughs> I was obsessed with those. Just I, I always needed a new one, and After yeah.
2: the scam. I feel like we've never talked about this, Alex. Pete, what were your action figure poisons when you were young? Uh, great question.
3: Well, it was. Uh, it's. Oh, go ahead. No, no, please, Pete. Go ahead. Probably I was started off with off. Star Wars. Uh, you know, I even had the Darth Vader uh, kind of like suitcase to keep them in. Yeah, the, the, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then it became He-Man, and then. Uh, Transformers.
2: Yeah, definitely. Those are big I mean, figures. Those He Man figures. And plus, Skunk or Stunk for real. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> awesome. Gross. <laughs> no, it uh, not gross.
0: Very similar to Pete. Still have a bunch of those old Star Wars figures. My parents actually gave them to my son recently. So they're in my house upstairs. And Wait, you got
1: cut
2: to- out generationally?
0: I mean, his parents not to gave them to play
2: with <laughs> 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 Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: Uh, I someone was like, just... And someone just. Here you go. There you are. And uh, Transformers. That was probably the big thing that I played with. I really like Transformers. And not to be like, rare old man, but the old Transformers were much better. Like they actually transformed properly in the new oh, ones. wow. Very old hard man's album. Oh,
2: wow.
1: so the
3: old wow. ones are better. They
2: actually transformed. <laughs> and I used to know them when they transformed.
3: See, they had uh, a kung fu well, they... grip so you couldn't and... drop them. And a
0: little hologram. It. You put your finger on the hologram, and it would reveal whether it's an Autobot or a Decepticon. <laughs> the
3: battle armor lets you know how many strikes they had.
2: It's very <laughs> funny, Alex. Pete's making fun of you, but you're doing it, what he's making mm-hmm. fun of, too. Oh, you're he's not complimenting you. me right now? I don't think so.
0: Yeah, uh, I sort of feel like Matt doesn't need to be here for this.
2: What? Well, no, that's uh, that, well, that, yeah. I know I started this, but I do, because I, I was the, the Secret Wars rubber Marvel characters. I got Ooh, my hands on some of those, and specific. they were... Awesome. Well, because they were the only ones that you could bend their arms. Mm-hmm. And it felt like it gave you more uh opportunity for play, like to Matt's yeah. point. Like, well, just like in the comic book.
0: I think it was issue six of Secret Wars where everybody bent their arms in weird directions, yeah, yeah. right? Yes. Exactly. So that was
2: cool. part of the whole plan. That was yeah. the secret of Secret Wars. Bending. Yeah. Being and trendy.
0: that's why you need to check out Faceless of the Family now on Zoop. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on congratulations on the success i'm sure there's plenty more to come and we are very much looking forward to faces of the family
2: and whatever else is coming next from you yeah you're thank you so much doing for a great on job show.
3: man keep it up Thanks.
2: Yeah, right out the zoop let this zoop go nuts the hard part's <laughs> it's over zoopy.
4: there you it's go. Zoopy.
0: thanks matt have a good night thank you for having
4: me on
2: yeah, great talking to you man
4: all right.
3: I just wanted to dive into his closet. Did you yeah. see all the comics in that thing, Pete? Once again, that is your one job. You got to bring this up before. He, he the pulled one out, and I was just like, "But what else?
2: But what else?" That you wanted to see more. Mm-hmm. Someone, once uh, again.
0: Faceless of the family. It's on Zoop right now. And folks, we are going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. I just wondered
3: if we out not uh, Edward Doherty was like, uh I thought it was Ninja Turtles. Yes, my next phase was Ninja Turtle action figure. I'm realizing now I did action figures for probably way too long into my life. Yeah.
2: yeah I feel like you were still playing with them when we started this show, and you're.
3: The mid '30s. When did we? When did you start this? Yeah, what, I think it was the young
0: twenties, was it? <laughs> well, anyway, for audience questions, all you got to do is leave a question and ask a question on Crowdcast or in the comments over YouTube. Uh, we'll get to those. I see a couple of them already coming Crowdcast. But first, let's go to this week's drink. I actually don't yeah. know if Stray Bullet uh, Brent Macris, our CBC he's chef, he's got to is work here. Tonight. You can't be. But him. I bullied him this week into picking our drink. You straight
2: bullied him, I believe.
0: I straight bullied him. Uh, Because the internet is going crazy for a a Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it, as shouted about by the two main stars of House of the Dragon right now. Um, Basically, all it is is it's Campari, it's sweet vermouth, it's Prosecco or champagne or whatever sparkling white wine you have around. That's pretty much it. You don't have to say prosecco in it, but very fun little TikTok video that everybody's going crazy for. But also very oh. good drink,
2: very good drink. And if you don't you um, so have, trendy. if you don't want to open a whole bottle of um, prosecco for it, you can just use regular old gin. Uh, if you
0: want. <laughs> oh, and then it's just a Negrodi non spagliato yeah. without prosecco.
2: If you don't want uh, as much spagliata in your life,
0: mm-hmm. you know. All uh, right. Uh, all right, we got a bunch of questions here. This one is from Straight that He left for us before he left us. He had Whoa. Else to no. tonight. That sounded very ominous. What is everyone's <laughs> favorite Halloween show slash movie?
2: Uh, great stuff right there.
3: Well, uh, right now it's, uh, you know, uh, everybody's loving there on Netflix, Stranger Things, but um, <laughs> overall I would have to say... Okay. It's uh, the (laughs) great pumpkin, because I saw an amazing play with a friend of mine, and uh, it was just absolutely adorable.
2: Mm, Very nice. Uh, Nice. Uh,
3: This is not about
0: me. I'll mention what I'm uh, into in a second, but this immediately made me think of, I was talking to somebody the other day um, at at a dinner party. Very fancy. Okay, here's a hug. And they were like, Uh, oh my God, it's Halloween season. I love Halloween. I always love watching, like, scary movies and spooky movies over Halloween. And I was like, oh, great. Are you doing, like, a 31 Days of Halloween type thing? What have you been watching? And she was like, well, I watched Hocus Pocus 2. Ooh. And I was like, okay. And then and I was waiting for anything else. And then eventually she's like, and on Halloween, I'll usually watch Nightmare Before Christmas. I was like, okay, so you don't actually like scary movies. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. But uh, I've been. Are we talking about like all time or just right now?
2: I I I think both, whatever you want to answer, just
0: fucking say something. Okay. I mentioned this on the Week in Geek podcast. Wow. Somebody's got to start moving. (laughs) They're getting a little sedentary here, right, Pete?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Get him. He needs to do a lap. Pete, could you do a lap? Do a lap, lap? Pete.
0: Get your energy out. Don't tell me my business,
2: motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, you shouldn't have let Alex see your business, your yeah. physical I, business.
0: Uh, I recently watched X, the Ty West film, which is awesome. X so gonna good. going to give it to you. Yeah, X is going to give it to you as the DMX story. It's very scary. No, it's a great, like very meta horror movie. And Pete, you will not like it because there's naked ladies in it. I don't know you don't like naked ladies. But uh, well, dude, it's about a bunch of uh, folks so that go to film a porn movie at a farm and they don't tell the old couple who live there that they're shooting a porn movie. goes very wrong. But oh, yeah. it's very smart about, like, sort of the intersection between the dawn of porn and the dawn of horror movies, and it's very reference-heavy. I thought you were going to say the smart. intersection
3: of old people and young people. No,
0: very, very good. I really like that. Uh, another one that I watched the other day that... Wasn't great, but was interesting. Is this Finnish movie called Hatching, which is about Ooh. a Finnish girl who finds an egg and then hatches the egg. And uh, spoiler: this huge monster comes out of it, and the monster is super gross. But I enjoyed that; I had a nice. Time That's cool. That. Um,
2: I guess um, I got a shout out uh from the olden days, Mister uh mm-hmm. which uh, we used to watch a lot, uh, the Disney. <laughs> It's sort of scary I don't know Disney movie. Mr. Boogie. It's on Disney Plus. Okay. It's where it's about a guy who um just jumps out uh, on pornography sets and says, Boogity Boogity Boo. <laughs> um, you'll see if you're watching porn, it he'll pop up. Everything. Oh, great. Right. great. Right. Scary. Very scary. Yeah. Did you know um, they
0: have that on the, that's one of Pete's move rings? <laughs> how much he's been watching it Just let me know. <laughs> See, I don't want to say how full it is. I don't want to say how full it is. I don't want to blow up that
3: spot. Are you guys having fun? <laughs>
2: yeah, very much so. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and also, it's a trap that you fell into that Alex uh, has taken advantage of. And then it's uh it's. I mean, it's Mike Flanagan season on mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, so going to get into some uh, Midnight Societies, the new one, right?
0: Uh, the Midnight Club.
2: Midnight Club, sorry, Midnight Club. Yes, yeah, so I got very is, confused about that, so of...
0: I watched the first couple of episodes of it, and first of all, the entire time, I was like, okay, so this is a remake of the old Midnight Society thing, you know, the Midnight Society. And then I watched the first episode, and they never said submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I was like, this is very <laughs> weird. And they didn't do it in the second episode either, and then I realized, oh, wait, that's Are You Afraid of the Dark. Are You Afraid of the which, Dark, yeah. Which is a totally different thing.
1: Yeah.
2: The Let's lightly over... scary Nickelodeon series.
0: Yes. Let's go over to YouTube. Nelson Martinez uh, says, Werewolf only comes out at night. I assume Werewolf by night uh, was a great Halloween style surprise. Enjoyed the pod too. What other spooky movie shows are you looking forward to dropping this month? And Killy McLeod relatedly says, have you
2: guys watched Werewolf by night yet? Hell yeah, we did. So much fun. We had a whole chat about it in our Mm -hmm. Marvel Vision podcast feed. And we we
3: all liked it, which was great.
2: Yeah, that was yeah, a doesn't rare always- surprise. Uh, well, especially we've been uh, watching She-Hulk in that feed, and there's been some controversial uh, takes back and forth. Um, the most recent episode of She-Hulk was a, sort of a bright spot, and following what? up on the Werewolf, Werewolf by Night hit. So, like, it's a real time at, over at go. Marvel Vision.
0: What a great time to be a Marvel fan. <laughs> Uh, yes, it's very good. All right, why don't we move on to another question here? This is from Edward Doherty. Which comic events had a great concept but didn't deliver in terms of storytelling, and which events sounded dull in concept but delivered a great story? Mm,
2: great. Mm. Um, I think for me, um, we've talked about this a fair amount in the past, but the Sinestro Core War, um, was like, oh, this is going to be some like like different colored rings are going to fight. But then they delivered a story in the special, I think, uh, which was just like one of the best Kyle Rayner stories that has ever been and just really hammered that through. Um, So definitely check that out. Um, Another one very recently that I've been talking about, at least, the um, AXE crossover that's going on in Marvel now, the most recent issue of Spider-Man really popped, um, I thought, uh, as a crossover there when I just didn't expect that to be good.
0: Well, but I also think, uh, throwing out, and we've talked about this a lot on the stack, that is a crossover where I really like the central idea of a Celestial judging all of Earth, including the heroes and villains. That's great. There's so many things going on in that crossover at the same time that it convolutes the whole thing. It muddies the issues. There was a weird lead up to get to that point of the Celestial judging everything. I'm not quite sure how they get out of this or how it's satisfying or changes anybody in any way. So that's a little bit of a bummer for me. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, in terms of something that like I wasn't necessarily jazzed about, but I really think about very often is Final Crisis, because Final Crisis really? I was like seriously. Well, mainly because like I don't need another crisis event.
3: Yeah, well, that was decent. the final one.
0: That was the final yeah, one. that was it. Well, that's the thing is that I keep returning to, which I didn't really, I guess, totally realize what I was reading it. But that Grant Morrison's idea was, this is literally me, Grant Morrison, writing The Final Crisis. Here's the end point of all of these stories. This is the final Superman story, the final Batman story, the final Wonder Woman story, etc. But he was doing them in continuity and pushing them to those insane Grant Morrison places yeah. he can only go. So that's something that, like, at some point, I really want to read that again. Because reading it at the time, I was like, yeah, this art is great, but this is weirdness. But then the more I've thought about it and the more I've read about it, the better it gets.
2: Mm, That's interesting. It, it's interesting. Cause I, I would be curious to go back and reread that. So many crossovers have sort of pushed on that border into like, let's get weirder. I feel like Grant Morris had really set a standard that a lot of people are trying to meet. So it, I, it would be interesting to see if going back and reading that, it seems a little bit more tame at this point.
3: For me, well, the, Oh, go ahead. Pete. The one that I was uh, a little disappointed in one was the, i uh, uh, i'm not sure what the event was where it was the dc event where we got all the colored lanterns um going um and the it was like,
0: Core war the one that justin was just talking about oh was that, that kicked
3: it? it off that kicked it off okay yeah i think it was that past the i War. oh were you thinking
0: of blackest night
3: blackest night or brightest day um yeah and uh yeah that one i i was like wasn't I mean I was excited about the color gi- uh, rings giveaway that was fun but mm-hmm. other than that oh, it wasn't, yeah it wasn't yes. uh, that exciting. No, I agree
0: with you. I think like the thing with Blackest Night that I remember us talking about back in the day was there was a real opportunity to dig into this Uber story that Jeff Johns was telling about. Um, oh my gosh, not Guy Gardner. Uh, Hal Jordan, wow, I blanked on his name for a second. Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan. And,
2: <clears throat> He's sort of um, one of the Green Lanterns. I'm not familiar. Hal Jordan and his
0: dad, like that was the major story that Jeff Johns was telling. Yep. And it never really stuck the landing in terms of that with the end of Blackest Night. And that was the thing that sort of was a sticking point for
2: me. Well, let me, let me it, it, I, sort I, of track I, that back to another crossover that I feel like did what sort of set up what Blackest Night did. Um, was Infinity War, the follow-up to Infinity Gauntlet, um, which in the comics, it was the first crossover. I was like, awesome, they're doing that thing again. And then it was such a bloated crossover, something where it was like all these different uh, characters were fighting their doubles and every one in the Marvel Universe. And then the story sort of never really came together in a way similar to Blackest Night where it felt like, oh, we expanded so much and every hero in the DC Universe had to face their... Uh, a reanimated version of the most important person in their life that died. Great idea. But the narrative just got lost in all of that, those little micro stories. And I think that's what sort of uh, it plagues a lot of crossovers that we're talking about.
3: And I feel like the one that did work and I feel like the one that's still like um, for me, you know, you think about moments from it is civil war. Uh, But the one I would like, wish got more recognition was the the uh, the one where they made uh, it was pretty recent Daredevil where Kingpin got to be the mayor and it was such a small Devil's reign yeah devil's reign that was such a uh, so much fun and um, yeah so
2: I mean we've talked about it it feels like the mini crossovers are doing a lot better DC versus vampires when that mm-hmm. first came out I was like okay <clears throat> even the title it was like oh they're gonna fight some vampires cool and then it's <laughs> amazing. Like, it's so good, and it is like that. Ben the Border Collie calls out
0: Annihilation, which was a legit awesome crossover, and that's something that, like, really set the tone for Cosmic Marvel for years to come. Yeah. We could probably talk about this forever, but why don't we go over to another question here on YouTube from Stanley. Did any of you go to New York Comic Con? Do you still enjoy going to Comic Cons? I think I was the only one that went...
2: Yes, I think that's true. Okay, you don't have to be down. weird and So about, about it. it. So you know
3: this, is I, this is actually a funny hey.
0: thing I want to mention here is uh, somebody that first, I saw. Wait, Older first off, under- hi, yeah. Stanley. Thank you for your question. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you so right. I I was at New York Comic Con this weekend, and I saw our friend Nat Towson, who's on the show. Punchable
3: yeah. face, that guy. Yeah, I saw things.
0: I saw Nat Towson, uh, we hung out oh, on the panel, chatted a little it's bit, uh, and I remember very distinctly after the panel, we were chatting and uh, talking about, like, talking about New York Comic-Con on this very podcast that we're doing right now, and what I said to Nat, I don't think Nat is here in the audience this week, but I'll mention this anyway, is I was like, what's going to be funny is I'm going to mention I went to New York Comic-Con, and Pete's going to be like, oh, Mr. Big Stuff, going to <laughs> New York Comic-Con, so... Thanks, Pete. Yeah, um, (laughs) You closed that particular move ring is what happened.
2: Exactly. Move ring. Yes.
0: So, Um, yes, I did go to New York Comic Con. But do you guys, I mean, I could certainly talk about it if we want. But do you guys still enjoy going to Comic Cons?
2: I I do. I like going to cons. I want to go there. I, I mean, especially looking back at all the work we did at different cons was such a blast always. So I would definitely go back and do that stuff again.
3: I mean, what's not to love? It's got comics and the people who make them and then all the nerdy people who love them like us. It's just the greatest. And then they set up a table, then they give out free high chews. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah.
0: I'll, I'll tell you what's not to love about it because generally I had a good time. And one of the things that I really, to your point, Justin... I, t- I didn't spend a lot of time on the con floor, but I did walk by those old glass booths that we used to do. Yeah, you in, like and to like, be
3: above it. You like to be looking
0: down where, on why the Why people. are you doing this? <laughs> I was about true. to give you a compliment and be like, yeah. I missed doing this with you guys. Sorry, yeah. Pete. Sorry, I missed doing it with
2: Justin. There we go. time. <laughs> <just trying> to... <laughs> We all did it together, and it
0: was Yes, we great. did all do it together, and I did miss doing it. Like, I definitely had a little bit of nostalgia walking by, I was like, oh, man, I miss those days. Those were super fun. Uh, it was kind of terrifying at points, going to the yeah. con. It was so packed, particularly on Sunday. It was overpacked to the point where you couldn't get anywhere on the con floor. I didn't even bother going there. But so I was there Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. And I had already heard on Thursday, people were like, yo, mass coverage is bad. And just to give context yeah. for anybody listening, mass coverage was required by Reed Pop, who runs near a Comic-Con. So clearly they were not enforcing it. I expected by Friday, maybe there would be a difference. But when I got there by Friday night, uh, this is a, I did not count or anything, but it was legitimately like one out of every 20 or 30 people maybe were wearing a mask. Not great. It was much better on Saturday and I think on Sunday as well, where there were people actively giving out masks and stuff like that. But like the overcrowding conditions and people just wandering around, it's just I don't know. We're still in the middle of a pandemic and it definitely felt like, hey, this is a, this is a recipe for disaster. This is not great. So that was a bit of a bummer. Um, but otherwise, it was packed, and there were people there, and they are having a great time, so... Was
3: it, like, packed, like, at the peak pack, or was it packed for after COVID pack?
0: Uh, no, it was, like, packed at the peak packed.
2: It was packed. Wow. For.
3: It was peak packed, is
0: how I like to call it. Oh,
1: okay. It really
0: was. I was very surprised, because I expected it to be, like, a little lighter. Nope, it was full throttle going again. So there you go. All right. Um... Oh, we do have a follow-up here from Keely McLeod. If you can indulge me, Pete, what is your favorite thing to do at New York Comic-Con? Pete, pick up a nice roast beef sandwich. I know that. Justin, what about you? <laughs> uh,
2: doing the interviews we used to do in the Sky booth. Um, but I guess, I mean, for me, it is walking the floor, getting to Artist Alley, saying hello to any uh, artists and writers that we know, and and seeing the people who are there, the that are just really it's such a barometer of people who are like on the come up uh people who are just like mainstays like it's it's a really cool way to uh, just see comics in action an industry that we are always reading and and being a part of but to actually be on a con floor it feels like you're in sort of the the machine
3: yeah artist alley is definitely where it's at i mean it's the king of artist alley Jim Lee's see- the king
2: of uh, San Diego and New York Comic, <laughs> as Edward points out. But Pete's the king of artists, Hallie.
3: The Just to, to see kind of like different people's status rise, like Justin's talking about. Like sometime they'll start off and they'll be doing sketches, you know, and then, you know, they're working on a book and then they got a line in front of them. So it's really cool to kind of watch the evolution. But it's also just amazing to see what people are working on. And all the different creativity and amazing stuff that uh, people have talent at—it's just uh, you you kind of get blown away by
2: it. It's it's really very moving. And back in the day, it'd be like Pete would be back and come back and be like, "I got a third interview with Tim Seeley uh can we use it it's like uh, ah yeah, well we sort of covered in the first two problems. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll throw out
0: something else that i actually did find very positive about this weekend just because i haven't been to a con in probably three years i'm gonna imagine at this point was so i was mostly going to tv panels because that's the stuff that i was covering for work and yeah, we get we i have legitimately really missed seeing this stuff with thousands of fans in a room like the best one to me was so they had the quote-unquote final panel for the walking dead and this is you know the final panel for the main show they're still gonna do spinoffs and whatever but those panels are always great like the cast is on it they know how to do this stuff they connect with the fans the fans love them and like they didn't show a whole episode or anything, but it was that moment, and this was relatively early in my time at the con, where they showed the opener of the next episode, and people were losing their minds. That's cool. It's it's a good feeling. It reminds you what is good about fandom and the connection of fandom in terms of like thousands of people will all feel the same way about something, being in a room together, feeling the same thing. That's a lovely thing to be part of. So I definitely miss that. Even though I was concerned about health things, I think going to a lot of these panels and seeing people react the same way and seeing people have real emotional connections with the talent involved and the material and everything was really beautiful. That's awesome. Uh, so there you go. Moving on. This is from Kevin. What are comics that make you feel cozy?
2: Cozy oh, comic, seven. oh, a snuggle comic, nesting for winter. Let's get a snuggle. Yeah, snuggle let's just them.
3: get a little fire going and all <laughs> up with a nice comic. You know, I mean, the first thing that I think of is Squirrel Girl, um, just because it's adorable
2: and uh, mm. hilarious. Interesting. Mm. I was going to throw out the comics I like to like fully like put a blanket on for and get into are like more lush worlds, I would throw out, and this is stealing a Pete answer, Mouse Guard or mm. something like that where Ooh. you can really bone uh, to steal my own answer often, like where you can get into oh, right. like...
0: I, I thought you were saying Mouse Guard where you really get out of the cover so you could really bone,
2: you know? Oh my around. God. Yeah, you and you get blood. bone, you know? Bone of the comic? <laughs> bone of comic? Bone the bone comic? Yeah. This I'll, is getting weird.
0: I'll throw out Heartstopper. Is the first one I think of. I think
2: that was the interesting.
0: Yeah, the comic's so good. It's so cozy yeah. and warm and nice and wonderful.
2: A, oh, I love Derek's answer. <laughs> Anything by Jill Thompson. There is oh, yeah, something yeah. about Jill Thompson's yes. art. It is cozy. I don't know what is. what is it. Is it's it the, water the colors, man, watercolors? Watercolors. The is way Yeah, cozy? the way it
3: just kind of sits on the page is. It's so inviting and welcoming.
2: Great call.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say also like Owly, is also adorable. I like to uh, cozy up with a nice little uh, Ali book, you know? Mm-hmm. This is over on YouTube. Max says,
0: how is everyone doing? Just chipping in for a few minutes. Who is the one artist, dead or alive, that you would have loved to meet? I think generally yeah. speaking, it would be pretty
2: upsetting to meet a dead artist.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You're like, yo, well, I'm sorry they, you would, died. they would have you know. some
2: questions. How did right. you conjure me here? Send me line? back! And we, we would be like, draw. Keep drawing. We need more. I was
0: in heaven.
2: No, Jack Kirby, you must draw more. We need No.
0: You. Oh, no. Oh, I'm Jack Kirby. Oh, my God. Uh, who'd you want to meet? Dead or alive. Literally any artist that you never met before. Mm. Pete, Tim Sealy, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. I definitely would love Greg Pak, Tim Seely. You know, just some real legends.
2: Yeah, people you've met. <laughs> like uh, dozens of times truly. yeah uh, you want to re-meet them
3: i mean the you know uh the kid in me would love to meet like jim davis um you know from
2: Garfield?
3: yeah yeah you know calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> you know what i mean like that's the the real
2: that's a different person but sure yeah, yeah. you want to meet the comic strip Gang. well
3: that's what first like it was the comic strip that kind of like for me kind of started the whole thing
2: uh great answer from andrew tillman darwin cook uh yeah. shouts to that love that someone who i don't know if we ever talked to um back in our time um before he died but um great artist i mean mobius is a huge answer i feel oh, yeah. like yeah um, I have one. a Mobius uh, print that I, uh, which is a portrait of an artist. It's a, a him dried draw his drawing table. And I just sit and talk about that. Um,
0: I know it's top of mind right now, but I would say Paul Reiser, honestly. Like he's one of the greatest. Rough <laughs> risers. Rough yeah. risers.
2: What an artist. In the boys, the most recent season in the boys, I think he really cemented himself.
0: Yeah.
3: And
2: Pete, uh, you've
0: been watching Stranger Things, so you know this Paul Reiser guy. Oh, uh,
2: yeah, definitely. I,
3: uh, you know, people are talking about Jack Kirby because I'm wearing the shirt. But I was, I kind of intimidated with, to talk to him because he feels like a tough guy who I feel like would just be like, "Hey, you're one of them uh, hippie kids, huh? You you, you don't you have a real the job." Beat you, Pete! Don't, yeah, yeah, he, don't he would not words.
2: tolerate. Well, <laughs> yeah, do you do you guys remember? I think we met Joe Kubert once, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did at New York Comic Con. I want to say we had him, and he was. Uh, like one very kind and nice but definitely someone who was like what are you talking about why are you (laughs) (laughs) it
0: was joe adam and andy i think it was all three i think we had all of the keyboard yes yeah
2: um talking about um the keyboard school and um he was doing that comic um that was dinosaur based i want to say oh yeah uh do you remember that i think it was a four issue series that we talked to him about It was awesome. He was such a kind man, Uh, but I feel like those classic guys—they literally have been at a drawing table for sixty years. (laughs) They've been spent their whole lives at the drawing table, so they're just like, "Let's just talk about this stuff." I don't want to get into Pete's um, fitness app, you
0: know? No. (laughs) Oh, he
2: wouldn't. He wouldn't like that if he came on our podcast. Like Joe Q would be like Pete, not running enough.
0: (laughs) 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 Whoa. Man. This is from Josh H what is a great run it great issue excuse me run or collection of comics to read for Halloween I need some fresh mm. ideas for
3: this scary time of year well ice cream man obviously for mm-hmm. you want
2: that'll eat. scare you oh yeah also
0: this is a new one I'll throw out we talked about it on the stack but dark ride by Joshua Williamson and Andre Bresson
2: first issue yeah great
0: kickoff last week. Yeah, so good. Uh, Derek recommends The Goon. That's a great suggestion oh, as yeah. well. Good.
2: Well, and that makes me think, because at this time of year, I'm always chasing artists. I want to be uh, more haunted by the visual. And I feel like Kelly Jones art is what I've been craving a oh, lot of uh, lately. And that stuff is we got very some stuff innovative.
3: in the stack coming up. I'm excited yeah.
0: to yeah. talk to you about Kelly it. Kelly Jones is the opposite of cozy. He's like sharp. Or yeah, I don't
2: know. Exactly. And just like, uh, it's like Jay Lee is a style that's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like a little scary, but it's not purposely scary. Kelly Jones is like, I'm in your nightmares. <laughs> so <laughs> here, I'm going to show them to you. Yeah.
0: This is from Pablo D. Martinez. What's your fi- favorite comic based on your favorite
2: toy and why?
3: Oh, well, that's easy. Uh, Captain Bucky has, O'Hare. Oh. But you
2: liked you liked the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic based on the toys and and animated series. No, I liked Teenage
3: Mutant Ninja Turtles before they became any of those things. And then I liked the
0: originally they were just a bunch of turtles that were enjoying pizza. Did you like the back then?
2: Yeah, just real turtles. (laughs) I I loved them. I loved the turtles when they were real turtles
3: for mean mutated. real turtles
2: when they were just regular turtles cuz that's the thing like everyone got on the band bandwagon when they like became teenagers and mutated and learned their ninja stuff i liked it when they were turtles okay mm-hmm. and everyone's like i love the transformers i liked them when they were just cars yep. okay i'm an OG wow. orig- i'm an OG kind of guy
0: there's this new show called Transformers Earthspark they were advertising it outside new york comic con and it has the Transformers standing in the background of these two kids and they're both riding bikes, which is very weird to me. It feels like, well, because they are other That's vehicles, what kids do right? they ride bikes? No, but, but you, do you, you think want, like wait. the Transformers are jealous? They're like,
2: why are well, they not riding me? But it'd be weird if the Transformers like, hey kid, the... you want to ride inside me? Like, <laughs> <Yeah. it's laughs> Don't they do that? Like... They're always
0: getting inside Optimus Prime and of shit. Course.
2: But I MP? was gonna say maybe you once they're the a car,
0: right? No, I'm not saying like <laughs> they're climbing inside of their robot body. No, that would be weird.
2: It's the same body. It's just lightly transforming. But yeah, let me like I feel like a lot of the transforming, the ch- children would be crushed. Inside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, they don't Particularly Michael Bay daily. transformers. Bay, that's how oh, spike died, was I inside. Believe. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I was uh, I was carrying four horses to a horse race. Oh. All dead.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Uh this is uh oh a suggestion from uh Mac over on YouTube, Tomi by Junji Ito for good manga manga horror, and also Cult of Dracula and Rise of Dracula. There you go. Mm-hmm. This is from Derek Mainhar. Keeping on our toys discussion. Did you ever mix or and match your figures like Transformers versus Thundercats?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Hell yes. Hell yeah. Because um, I loved. Uh, I had oh. all those rubber Secret Wars figures. And mm-hmm. I would mix them with the, um, the D- I don't know what, what run it was, the DC figures that they were, could do one move, like Aquaman mm-hmm. could chop. And uh, I think Superman lifted his arm up to fly. And like, they were always very stiff. And all the Marvel figures were like, fl- always flexed and bendy. So they, um, they had a fight between who was like chilling and who was like a little too formal for the, mm-hmm. for the party.
3: It was the only time they could like really cross over and it didn't like upset me. It was, uh, you know, I, I've definitely explained this on the show before, but I used to take all of my
0: action figures and line them up on my floor. I'd put the heroes on one side and the villains on the other side. So it was these two big armies facing each other and above them, the two main heroes who are like hanging back and be like, it's not our time to fight yet. Uh, we're going to come in at the end. Yeah, take exactly. credit.
2: <laughs> one of them was Rodimus Prime. Wait, hold on. Are you saying there were two figures who were ho- sort of hosting the event? and like? No. Talking no, about no, all no. <laughs>
0: they're the ones that were so powerful they're like, we can't get involved
2: yet. Oh, we can, wow. We have to
0: let them fight it out by themselves. Yeah. And then when it went really bad, they'd be like, all right, now we have to help. And so one of they them were was Rodimus. They were saying
2: stuff like, in this fight, uh, I feel like uh, phase two of this fight is going to be a really interesting idea. And I liked how much phase one
0: was
3: like, you were just fighting. Uh,
0: but lot. when everybody was eliminated, they were like, all right, now I get involved. It was Rodimus Prime, the Transformer. Uh, no, we the got other one, you. and I've definitely told you this before, was Dicky Francis Junior. by Cabbage Patch Kid eraser. He yes. was the most powerful being in existence. I,
2: I, I keep, I, I every time you say it, it makes me Just the sad. fact that your favorite figure was an eraser with a Cabbage Patch <laughs> like sticker, essentially on it. It yep. was your favorite hero, My favorite toy. <laughs> where's that oh Um, is that in a special pocket in like your boxer shorts or where does does it live in your life now
0: all i'm saying is when i grew up at the junkyard that's all i had you know
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh it reminds me of that tick episode where he had the little wooden boy that it was it's like sidekick except for you as an eraser
3: yeah my favorite part of the fight was them trying to explain how they had never met before the fight like who are you like, well, I, I'm in a different world than yours. And it'd be like, what? And it'd be like, yeah, listen, you, you guys don't really operate in the real world. You're in your own separate world.
2: Like, I don't know, is, that is it. crazy to hear because that is
3: easily your least favorite part of any comic
0: we <laughs> ever viewed.
2: It's very funny that Alex did like literal commentation with an eraser. And Pete's like, yeah, I would have my figures fight about the fact that they were different from each other's universes. And they didn't actually. They, but no there one's was no
3: overlap. They didn't know who they were.
2: You know, a lot of your figures were having like an awkward dinner party. Maybe <laughs> they were like, sorry, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. You're Superman. I'm sorry, I'm Spider Man. Oh, you don't remember me? Okay. Um, a lot of, a lot oh, of- how do I describe low. this? How do
0: I describe this? <laughs> All right, that is it for your audience questions. We're going to move on with our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to
3: Pete LePage. Oh my God! Sorry, Derek Maynard just blew my mind with that
2: last uh, that last comment he made. Shout that's it awesome. out! My yeah. sister used to take from Derek. My sister used to take my Star Wars figures and have them be romantically involved with the Barbies. Of course, yeah. <laughs> that's like natural, uh, only natural. That's what I'm oh saying. My- like my uh, my toy box was just like a bar- nonstop party. The mask figures were coming in different disguises, you never knew what they were up to.
3: Oh, mask was such a great that was such a fun time! An Amazing theme song, great figures killed it on the cartoons. I mean, well, it was very funny.
0: Better, well, not to interrupt, but even better when you do trivia where you could win a $25 gift card to either Midtown, Sorry, Comics Alex, or we're still Long talking John about Silver's. this, oh, wow. or, or the, Long
2: John uh, Silver, or Long John. Let's, let's not forget the um. Uh, LJS of it all, but um, Matt, Matt, the mass figures were like transformers that were just lying because yeah. they were like, We transform, but we use a secret, we're sort of dixed up.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, Mike T has already volunteered, so I'm just gonna go ahead and bring Mike T
2: into well, go ahead and do that already. Then these stream,
0: <laughs> oh, I'm the one that's delaying
2: yeah, oh boy, yeah, Alex, can you catch us up? This is a very important segment that we do called trivia. Mm-hmm. Hey. hey. Whoa, look, Welcome. talk about the comic wall behind Oh, you. man, look oh, yeah. at that nerd <laughs> wall. Oh,
3: glorious. Beautifully are just, so organized. one's facing us. Give us a couple facing us right now. What's the that, Sorry? Of The Plastic. Give us a couple titles that are facing us. The Sheen of the Plastic, you can't really oh, see. Oh, geez, yeah. Um, I've got a black and white version of uh, Mateo Scalera's Harley Quinn. Yeah, uh, nice. up over here or somewhere, I
2: can't really point to there. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, Strange Academy, a whole bunch of s- trades and stuff. I don't know. Uh,
2: <laughs> cool, a lot of that's stuff. Awesome. <laughs> too ahead. much to yeah. describe. I got an Avenging yeah. Spider Man up there. I love Joe Mad. Yeah. Joe Mad, that's I was almost said Joe Mad as an artist who I would like to meet because man, what a time he had in the when yeah, I was, yeah, for sure. Shout out to the pool cues in the corner, by the way. There <laughs> so Lucio we gotta get through this soap the because
0: Pete's gotta do trivia and as we always know he does a tribute to a um, departed celebrity there was a huge celebrity death today so I'm sure he's gonna be hitting that Pete take it away
3: okay today's trip is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Sasheen Littlefeather you motherfucker <laughs> please listen to all three options before making your selection question number one Blank Ghostlight introduces a new Marvel superhero 54 years into the making. Is it A. Silver Surfer B. Alberto Alex Alvin Angel Martinez or C. A. Martinez So it's either Silver Surfer which is the only one that makes sense with according to Marvel stuff
2: or I think it's going to be Silver Surfer You are correct (laughs) I have enough.
4: trouble understanding the tropical comic news portion,
2: yeah. though. Oh, that's too bad. Well, he, <laughs> t- he, has tropical a lamp. he has yeah. a sun lamp on him mm-hmm. at all times. He's oh, just yeah. getting, he's drinking, pineapple juice. Juice. He's drinking yeah. pineapple
3: juice. He's drinking
2: pineapple He's going
3: to enjoy the tropics when he can. Here we go. Question number two It's Harvey Awards time. Who won the book of the year? Is it A, The Good Asian, B, Far Sector, or C, Margaret Kidder? So it's either A, which is very exciting and very cool, or it's B or C.
2: That sounds like A.
3: <laughs> yes, it, it is. The like Good it. Asian uh, One. It's very exciting. We love book. that book. Super happy. Margot uh, Kidder or Margaret Kidder? Mar- uh, Margaret Kidder. Margot? On. Is it? I don't want to get into this with you assholes right now. All right, here we go. <laughs> Last one. At the New York Comic Con, Alex, you were there. Mm -hmm. Uh, DC announced what new project for 2023? Is it A, Luther Planet, B, Lazarus Planet, or C, Christopher Walken? So it's either A, Luther Planet, which sounds cool but is incorrect, or it's B, Lazarus Planet.
2: I guess I'm going to have to go with B.
3: You are correct, sir. Congratulations. Uh, Congratulations.
0: (laughs) Congratulations. You are going to win either a twenty-five dollar gift card to Midtown Comics or a twenty-five dollar gift card to Long John Silver's. Which would you prefer? Well, I,
2: we haven't even talked about Mike's Long John Silver's wall behind him, so let's. Yeah. You- <laughs>
4: oh, I have a long-lasting love for Long John Silver's. Uh, but no, yeah, I'm going to Mike T here. No, I'm definitely going to go with the uh, Midtown Comics. Okay, uh,
0: fair enough. Do you <laughs> I, have a I guess? I don't think they
2: have those where I am.
0: As to the, the uh, secret movie. That Pete is referencing that stars Margaret Kidder, who went to Wintersville High School, married Mike Kidder, and studied at Presbyterian University Hospital School of Nursing, uh, according to this Facebook page that I just opened.
2: (laughs) Just (laughs) constantly trolling Pete. (laughs) Does Kevin have the answer by any chance? Great. Mike T gets it. Uh, Kevin definitely does, because he already predicted Chris Walken as the third uh, option. he's also trolling me. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're
3: talking about the 1978 movie that probably doesn't hold up, Shoot the Sun Down.
1: Of
0: course.
2: <laughs> well,
0: Mike, <laughs> thank you for coming on. Shoot us an email at at, live at gmail.com and we will get you that gift certificate. Thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. Great wall. Have a great night.
2: Thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Okay. Bye. Thanks, man.
0: All right, there we go. As we all know, uh, new comics are coming out all the time, and there's
3: a ton of cool ones to talk about. Pete, what are you looking forward to? Man, there is almost too many to list. There's so many great comics. I can't wait to argue with you guys about it. But for me, uh, some of the top ones were Wonder Woman, number 792, Batman versus Robin, number two, The Jurassic 17. League, number six,
2: and Do a Powerbomb, number five. Hmm. Justin, uh, what about you? Great picks, but I got to shout out Superman, Son of Kal-El number 16, um, featuring... Uh, this comic is already out. I won't spoil it all the way, but um, this is a comic that we talk about a lot, about just sure the do. great emotionality that is written with and understanding of the characters. And there's a scene at the end of this issue that I was anticipating the entire time, and it did not uh, fail to deliver. Man, it was so good. Come so on, Now...
0: I'm looking forward to. There's a title uh, coming out tomorrow that I've been very excited about. I've been a big supporter of the series all along. Once in Future Number Thirty, you guys oh. know how much I love a <laughs> badass oh, yeah. grandma. So, uh, very eagerly anticipating this final issue here by Karen Gillen and Dan Moore. Final one. Nervous about how it's going to turn out, and I know. Pete, you haven't been as into this, particularly like in the middle portion. You felt it was a little middling, I think was the word yeah. that you guys... You kept saying middling. Yeah, you kept, nope, the yeah, you kept calling it middling. So
3: interesting that you, but there you go. Uh, would But I
0: will, in all seriousness, <laughs> this was definitely my most anticipated book of the week because I was curious to see how they would tie it all up. All of those books are going to be in our Stack podcast. The post Wednesday, 9 a.m., both in the Comic Book Club feed and its own dedicated Stack feed. And folks that is it for this week's show yeah we want to thank matt Lisniewski for coming on check out faceless and the family on zoom please right do it's amazingly next hey. week we're gonna have two guests here ali mainhart very similar Ooh. last name to one of the folks that is in our comments right now yeah he's going to be here to talk about i Loveish new york city her new book as well as, after a very long time, Jordan D. White is going to be back. No way! way. Oh, wow. To talk about the X-Men books and how much Pete loves them. A couple of other things we want to plug. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast. We are going to be talking about the She-Hulk finale this week, but as mentioned, you can check out our Werewolf by Night episode, as well as all of the other episodes. The Doom Room, our Doom Patrol podcast coming out and totally coincidentally going to end just in time for season four to come out. It is crazy how the timing works. And let me just
2: say, we recorded that podcast truly so long ago, I would be so curious to hear what the fuck we're talking about. Umbrella Punk Academy,
0: our Umbrella Academy podcast is finally finishing up season three on Monday, so check that out. Patreon.com slash Comic Book Club to support the show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe and follow Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Good night, nice.
2: hey,
0: everybody.
3: Pete, take a lap, Pete. Take a lot.